Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. Today, the topic we're going to do today, even though before that topic, we may get almost like 20 minutes or more, I don't know, about answering some questions. The topic today is a dedicated, that dedicated minority. In fact, what we're talking about, the dedicated, the called, the predestined, that dedicated minority, the dedicated remnant of God, the remnant of God that cannot fail. If the remnant of God fails, that's a disaster. And God has made it that way. But before that time, let me just put that three things. We're going to do this a little bit different today. Number one, on Sunday, I'm going to answer three questions before we get into the main topic. But I want to make sure that we focus on what the topic is. On Sunday, something came up. And we all dabbled into it. Remember, we all dabbled into it and tried to find out the mystery of the kingdom of God. For those who came on Sunday, let me, let me encourage everyone, if you can, especially those who are in Houston, if you can, come to when we have prayers. The Spirit of God comes down. It is not for anyone. He comes there to pray for us. So on the road when I was coming, something came up. Let us right now, and we answered it. Except those who, are, who were there last Sunday. But I would think that those who are wearing there, they, needed to, they need to at least know about it. I was driving and I was coming, and the Lord was referring me to 1 John 4, 2. 1 John 4, 2 says what? Let's go. 1 John 4, 2. And somebody has brought this argument before me, and every time, remember when somebody comes and said, if, if you just confess, there's something that's a big mistake we all do. Interpreting the scripture literally. Except the spirit of God that wrote the scripture will reveal it to you. You will never know the word of God. You will read it. You think you understand it. Academic. We all went to school. But thank God since the Lord called me, my education has not served me in nothing. I'm just I'm trying to pull it real right now. You listen to his voice. Let's interpret it to you. In fact, in if I recall very well, Matthew 16, 17. There's something that happened before you read. Matthew 16, 17. He says what? He was telling Peter about something. Peter came and said, confess. I know whom you are. You are the son of the living God. And Christ told him one thing, which I need to tell everybody, right? I said what? Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. But my Father who is in heaven. Without the revelation of the Holy Spirit, no one can understand the mystery of the kingdom of God. You may read it, you translate it. So the question came in that first John 2, without reading it because of time. He said, Any you want to read it? <laughs> okay. First John 4 2. Yes. By this you know the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now, I highlight one area. Confesses. Every spirit that confesses that Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, these are the common things people will translate, interpret, to use it to abuse the work of the kingdom of God. And, in fact, John 3, 36 says, 
one other. And that came up one day here in the hearing about believing in Christ. Hmm? John 3.36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who believes in the Son. And some of us think that believing in God or confessing God or calling upon the name of the Lord is just merely calling upon the name of the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, you cannot call upon his name. And now he says one thing. The spirit that confesses that Christ has come in the flesh, that I put it to you, there is no spirit that is of God. He said that spirit is of God, right? There's no spirit of, of God except that spirit is born of God. And there's nobody who can born of God except you know God. Now listen to me carefully. You cannot confess whom you do not know. I cannot come here and say, I confess this, my brother, if I don't know you. That's different from, please listen to me, that's different from saying, blessed are those who have not seen but believe. That is a spiritual thing. You see, when Christ is speaking, even, or was speaking, or still speaking to us every day in the Bible, he tells us in John 6, 63, right? He said that the, the word I speak to you, they are spirit. They are also life. They are not for ordinary human beings to understand. They're not for them to understand. So it tells us any spirit. There's no spirit then that can confess Christ. Except that spirit believes in Christ. Am I? Are we, are we all together? No? Don't look at me. There's no spirit that, that can confess Christ. Except that spirit is what? Believes in Christ. There is no one who can believe in Christ except you know him. There is no way to know Christ except you obey him. I, I, uh, did we get that right? Do we have to go back again? There's no way. You can't. Okay. Oh, I confess Christ. The devil does. But, the, but does the devil believe in Christ? There's a big difference. The same situation in Acts of Apostle 19. One, the seven, the seven sons of what? Seven, right? They came up and said, wow. They were confessing. They were confessing. And we confess that Christ that Paul had been calling all the time. And the devil said, you have done all your confession, all in vain. Okay, we know, we know, we know this Paul you're talking about. And by the way, we know Christ. But who are you? You don't even know whom you confessing or talking about. You cannot believe in whom you don't know. And Christ tried to explain that alone to us very much. He was dealing with the Jews. They were, they were all arguing with him. They said, look, we are of God. Our Father is the Almighty God. And Christ said, really? So you believe in him? They said, yes. You know him, yes, yes. You have confessed him, yes, yes. And he said, okay. But you are confessing in vain. Except you obey this, your father. Otherwise, it's just like any other thing. Read me John 8, please. 8 what? 47. <laughs> John 8, 47. Who, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. You do not hear because you are not of God. Unbelievable. But read me St. John, right? 8, 54 to 55. You can see where this confession now and believing and doing. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, mm -hmm. of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. It's okay. He, he was, Christ was telling the Jews, said, you say God is your father. Yet, you don't know him. You've been confessing him, but you don't know him. 
But I know him. If I claim I don't know him, I'll be a liar like you because there is only one reason why I can claim I know him. I obey him. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why somebody says, I'm confessing God, I'm doing whatever I want to do, but without obeying him. And they turn around, actually, after telling the Jews, you can't even hear what I'm telling you. I'm not talking about you, my brothers and sisters. You were telling them. You say you're of God, but yet you cannot hear me. Because only those who are of God hears the truth, and they will accept that truth and hold on to it. Whether John 8, 43 to 46. John 8, 43 to 46. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Let's stop right there. You can't hear me, he's saying. Because you do not belong to him. You may confess him, but you don't belong to him. And that's why most of us, we don't have the power. We don't have that spiritual authority. It's like, remember last, about how many weeks ago, when we were talking about declaring the word of God. Some people will tell you, just declare the word of God. Prophesy. Prophesy. Prophesy what? You can prophesy whatever you want to do, except you obey the word of God. That word does not come to you. Because he told us to say, the sacrifice of a wicked person is an abomination. I don't hear it at all. So you see, the key to God's destiny is always that obedience. Love and obey what he tells you to do. And even as we were discussing, he said, when God then is with you, all you have to do, everything in your life, is what do I do to make sure God is with me? If God is with you, every other thing is possible. But God cannot be with you when you are against him. So there's no spirit that can confess that Christ is coming to God except the spirit of God. And the spirit of God cannot be the spirit of error, but the spirit of truth. Is that spirit born of him, of God? Now, the next one, that's, that's the first one now. Because if you look at 1 John 2, 2, 3 to 4, it says that this is the way we know we know him. No matter however we want to claim that we know him, we may shout and live in the church. If you want, to, if you want, if you want, be a pope. If you want, be archdeacon or archbishop or whatever you want to be. Without implicitly following the will of God and obeying him. He told us that already in Matthew 7, right? You look at it from 17 to about 23, says, it is not those who say, Lord, Lord, are going to enter. No matter whatever name you give yourself. If you want to give yourself anything. Right? Declare yourself to be sent if you want to. It's all vanity except you do the will of God. The way he has called you to do. So let's go to another, 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 another question right now. Make sure. In John 4. Are you, are you all with me? Okay. In John 4, something happened. All the way from... Verse 7 to almost 29. But we're going to cut it short one way or the other. You remember Christ was going to Jerusalem. And the Bible had it in a very wonderful fashion. He said he, did, he needed to go through Samaria. I don't remember. He needed to. Okay? He needed to go through Samaria. And when he got close to the well, we all know it, where the Jacob gave to his son, who? Uh, Joseph. 
Isaac, right? Sorry about that. Yeah, give to you. No, Isaac and not. It's Jacob. Whatever it is, anyway. Whatever it is. One thing that. Okay. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah. Exactly. Not Isaac. So, there and then, there was a woman drawing water. And Christ, of course, you know the story. He said, Give me that drink. The woman said, No, why would you be asking me to give you to drink? You're a Jew. I am a Samaritan. We have nothing in common. We have nothing in common. And Christ told him one thing, which he told us that anybody who has Christ has what in him? Can anybody tell me? Out of him, what? <laughs> Living water. Okay? He said, Lady, you did, you did, you have no clue who you're talking to because if you knew him well, you would request for living water, he'll give it to you. And that lady told us in 15, read me 15. Please pay attention because you're going to teach me now. Okay? John 4:15. The woman said to him, Sir, mm -hmm. give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Did we hear that? Sir, I need that water. Now, I, I, I'm not here to hazard a guess whether the woman was, understood what Christ was talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. But the issue I'm trying to say, this woman said, Sir, please give me this water. I want to have it. And Christ turned around in verse 16 says what? Go call your husband and come here. Go call your husband and come here. You're talking about how the Spirit of God talks to people. Listen carefully. It's unbelievable. Remember when Nicodemus, Nicodemus went to, uh, to Christ and said, you know, Lord, there is none that can ever speak the word the way you have done it, except it's from God. And just look at talking to him and said, well, look, Nicodemus, except you are born again. I mean, that's true. The Spirit of God is unbelievable. You don't read things and look at what is right there. Pray for the Spirit of God to interpret it. Otherwise, you will, not you will misunderstand it. He said, you must be born again. What has God to do with it? I came here to tell you you are good. But this woman said, give me water to drink. And Christ said, go and bring your husband. Go and call your husband and come back. I guess maybe before he received the water. Why did God ask this woman to go and bring her husband? Speak up. We are, we are, we are here. It's, it's, uh... So that she can look at herself and examine her own life. Okay. Any other? Any other? It's only this woman. Go and bring your husband. Any other? That's not, I said, why? Listen to my question, why? So that she would know that her husband will not satisfy her. That husband will not satisfy her. Okay, any other? Yes, my dear. Huh? So that she can actually preach to her own self, wonder why, how this person got to know about her and was able to tell him so much about her. About her. It's wonderful because when this came up yesterday, and I threw up to my wife, my wife was just completely was, 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 you know what is when you begin to, I don't know how you say it, when you begin to, it's, it's like the word of God trying to choke you. You can't even really say exactly what it means. But something I've got to do a little close. Now think about this thing. It's unbelievable. You are just walking in the morning and the Lord said, why did I do this? And you start wondering, this woman asked for water and you said, go bring the husband. Now, let's put this across right now. We know for sure that salvation is individual. All right? Okay. 
Salvation is individual. Is it relevant? As far as the husband is concerned, no husband. We, do, we all know that now. Okay. But then you see, Christ as God knew that this woman was living in sin. So go back came close to you. Listen to me. Christ knew this woman was living in sin. And there's no way for this woman to receive this living water. Except it changes completely. He said, it's a challenge. But the beauty of it is that the way the Lord handled it. He handled it with compassion and love. He did not come and say, oh, you woman, if I have known you, like the, all the prophets we have now, you know, you, that, 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 this is the devil pursuing you. He said, woman, no, 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 don't worry about it. I'm not going to talk about this living water, but go bring your husband. There is nothing that can convict a human being than that But when the woman left. Because if you look at verse 29, it says what? Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Now, let's stop right there. All things. This, the man who told me all things I did. What all things the woman was talking about? Come and see the man who told me all the evil things that I have done. There is nothing, that woman returning back, Christ was telling, look, there's no way you can receive this living water in the stage or state you are in. Go and bring that husband. Because he didn't have any, you are living with one in sin. Okay? And you want a living water? You cannot come with me without a clean hands. You're not going to get it. You need to repent first. And I wasn't there in the Bible, they didn't tell her, I'm sure that woman when he came back repented completely. Because that convicted her. You cannot receive it. And that gives a message, no matter whatever you do, except you come to God, seeking it with, you know, repent, repent from inside. Spiritual repentance. Lord, I won't do this sin anymore. Most of us just say, oh yeah, I'm going to God. Oh, every day, let me go and down. Oh, God, forgive me. Every week, the same thing. But no, but no repentance. We have not changed. That will not do. Now the third one. I mean, we'll just finish with that one now. Read me. We all know this one. That's Romans 8, right? 28 to 30. This is a question somebody asked me. Maybe you can answer it for me. Romans 8, 28 to 30. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God mm -hmm. and to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. This is a simple question. Let's, let's see if you help me. Who is, and this is the question, somebody asked me this question, I'm telling you. Who is the one who has been elected? And the one who has not been elected. And how can you tell that someone is elected? Anybody? Because what? Because he walked in obedience with God. Okay. Is that uh, any other? Any other? My brother <laughs> Roland, did you say something? Well, this is Bible. This is Bible study. Please. No, but please listen to me. Who is elected and who is not elected? And how can you tell? That's two questions. 
Ask me who is elected and who is not elected. One who is becoming like Christ. Okay, if it's one who is becoming like Christ, how can you tell that the maker of Zulumba is elected? By what? By his fruit. By his fruit. But listen to me, please. Who is elected and who is not? Remember when we did the, uh, the confident type? God bless you. And before I could even finish the second series, everybody was almost, some people were almost like they were living. They couldn't even endure to wait and see the mystery and the teaching of God. Some thought, okay, I am the one. If somebody told me, I am happy, I am the covenant child. I said, really? He said, yes. And their relatives are what? He said, well, I'm not the only covenant child. I said, good. And I asked you the same question here. Who is? Never, never you in this. Somebody asked me that question. You know what I asked him? I, I told him. I said, what is your concern? What have I got to do with that? God has preserved for himself or reserved for himself certain things that you and I may not know. Whatever that is not categorically told you in the Bible, don't ever give opinion. Who is the one? Remember what he said in the Bible? He said, it's only the spirit of God that quickens and justifies. Now, if I stand there and help say that, that my sister is, a, is a, even his behavior is the one that is what? What did you say? Elected. elected. Am I not passing my own justification? That is an area God has reserved for himself. God only knows the heart and he knows what is going on. You may see me now walking around and say, this man is elected, he's doing the work of God. A lot of it inside me may be all pretense. And sometimes, have you seen people who, who pretend to be humble? Oh, no, 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 I'm telling you. And all of a sudden, you turn around, and when you are watching them, when they haven't seen you, oh, boy, they are in a different life altogether. But the moment they see you, okay. Yeah. Now, no, it doesn't happen. But they don't remember one thing, that the greatest spiritual victory is to do whatever you do, do it unto God. Don't worry about the human being, what the human being is doing. God is going to see you wherever you hide. So leave the, the judgment of whoever is this and that unto him. There's only one way you can say, well, maybe there's a way I can begin to know that somebody is well, maybe of God. Now, I didn't ask that question. Maybe he said, by their fruits, you shall know them. That's those who work on them. But no matter what, do you know that people who can stand through there and preach and talk about this word of God as fire, just as if the, the fire is speaking out of their mouth. But... Their inside, their work, and whatever they do behind is different. Therefore, it is the spirit that quickens and justifies. When it comes to any justification, don't get involved. Because you don't even know yourself. Are you, are you following me right now? Because remember what I said, that if anybody thinks he knows himself, he's a fool. Wait until certain things happen to you. There are so many human beings think that the best human beings, until they're confronted with the three what? That's the, that's the three colors of death. Money. You know, there's a friend you can just have right now and say, I can trust him with my life. Okay, trust him with my life. But then you see, Jeremiah 17 tells us, oh, the cost is here. Who will trust any human being? Because it's going to disappoint you. And all of a sudden, there's some money issue. Your friend is no longer your friend. You make a name. So, 
In other words, anything that comes to judgment and condemnation or justification, leave it unto who is perfect. Until you become perfect. And there's only one time you can become perfect. When you're dead. When you're dead, that's when you know whether you're going to be perfect or not. Because you don't know. Because the judgment is also it said what? It said, unto everyone that appointed to die. Then there's a judgment. Well, after the judgment, if you're perfect, you can join Christ and sit on the throne and judge. But in the meantime, worry about what you do. And secondly, this is what I want to tell everyone. Don't you ever get involved with the arguments of this world. Anything that does not engender repentance or turn you to pleasing God, just don't get involved. It's not worth it. The enemy is going to come and provoke you and see the question. Okay, that's the three things we need to cover. And we have a little time. So with that little time, we get into the topic right now. That is what? The dedicated. That minority that is so dedicated unto God. The remnant of God. I believe in, in, in Latin there is something called remino. R-E-M-E-N-O-R. -E yeah. I think I saw that at the time. And it is the remainder. The unpolluted few. The unsold. It's what remnant is all about. It's not, I don't want to call it a leftover. A remnant of God is always used in the plural. Those who are now married through marriage unto God for better and for worse. Those people that God will look down from heaven and say, no matter whatever happens, they will not turn away. And that's what I want us to begin to pray. To be that right now. Those people will look down from heaven. They will not turn away. Those people. Who hear the truth. They receive it. And they stay on the truth until the end. Those people who do not really do anything to please a human being. Or to make one. Or to honor anybody. But to do that which God only can do. The ones God can look down from heaven and say look. If he fails. Remember like some of us, we have children. And there's this wonderful child of yours. Every time he or she will do that which actually is noble and what? Acceptable to you. So behave. You know there's always a burden. If you have always been like that as a child, as a, you have a burden. Your parents have burden. You as a child will be doing everything within your power not to fail that parent that thinks so highly about you or of you. And the parent will feel so hot whenever anything turns away. These are the people who are given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And we have already Romans, read what? Romans 8, 28 to 30. This individual I'm telling you right now, God has always left us with the remnant. There's no Bible where it says that if God has not left us a remnant, right? Would have been like who? But what is important about that? God, you see, you see, if God did not leave us a remnant, God must walk through human beings. Even though, let me tell you one thing. God walks through human beings. What I mean there, he walks through them to go and deliver the message, whatever it is. You and I need to do that. I'm not saying the power of God. He can do whatever he wants to do. But in terms of getting messages and getting to stand in front for God, 
God uses human beings. He will not use anything because those are the people he created in his own image. And he uses them. And God from the beginning has always looked on the remnant. And this, this, I'm telling you, this is going to get us to being born again, many things we're going to do. But let's build it. We'll continue next week. In the old days, remember the old world? That old world was what? Almost destroyed. But was it destroyed? Why? Because there was one, even one. Now let's get this in now because some of us will, will just make sure that we understand where we stand. In the position we stand with our family, with everybody, even the community. God was destroying, say, look, the things that men or women, whatever it is, have done, I have had it. And I will go ahead and destroy this place. But he said, I will not destroy all. Read me Genesis 6, please. 8 to 9. Genesis 6, 8 to 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Mm -hmm. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God, my goodness. How about Genesis 7, 1? Genesis 7, 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. So what actually made Noah? A remnant of God. Hmm? Please answer me. He was righteous, right? And blameless. Let me tell you one thing. That's the difference, no matter whatever we do. The difference between us it's not what we say. The thing that between us and those who are outside, that may not know God, it's not for me to know who knows God and who does not know God. That's the only way when you can tell me you don't know God is because what you do is contrary to God. If you disobey God, you are not of God. That's why he told the Jews, he said what? He's not your father. Your father is the devil. Not you, my brother, sister. The father is the devil because why? The works of the devil is what you're doing. If I do the works of the devil, I do the work of the devil. I am of the devil. Romans 8, 16. Tells us one thing. Even 6, 16. He said what? He said, look, you know one thing? If whatever I use my body, this body to please, he's the one, do you have it? He's the one who is my God. Romans 6.16, 6, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? I really pray that as many of us as are here would even put this to heart and those who are watching. Do you not know whoever you use your body to please is the one who is your Lord? No matter however we want to do it. That's how God is. He said, no, I find favor. And God couldn't destroy the entire world because of this one man. Now, let's, let's, I'm building it because we're going to get into something. Building it. Then you look at Genesis, please. Genesis 18. Seventeen to nineteen. 
And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Mm -hmm. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, for I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Now let's look at another man, Abraham. A man that nearly saved a whole city. One person was even debating with God. I'm talking about God's remnant. The one he had chosen. And he said the reason why is because Abraham was righteous before God. Abraham was a human being. If you look at verse 19, he said, I knew Abraham. The reason why I've chosen Abraham is that I knew him. He will instruct his family to do what is right. Just like you and I. But in 32, it was unbelievable. When God was telling him, even for 10, even for 10, if I would find 10, 10 that's within this group of remnant that I'm looking for, I will save the whole Sodom and Gomorrah. If God will find even 10, 10 of us, he can save our, our, our neighborhood. He can save our community. He can save that country. If, good can, if God can find 10 there. Verse 32, please. Please start, pay attention. I'm, Genesis 18.32 Then he said, Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose ten should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. It's unbelievable. I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. What gave even Abraham the audacity to be what? Going and dialoguing with God. What gave it, what gave it the audacity? He was what? Due to what? Yes. He felt free. He was not in bondage. He could not hide. Because if you're not a friend of God, you're sinning against God. Even your shadow will pursue you. You will not be able to stand boldly before the Lord Almighty and say, Lord, please have mercy. One man almost saved them. Even what? Ten. If you could find ten. If you could find ten in Nigeria. If God could find ten in this community. Even in America could he find ten. He said, I will save it because of that ten. Because I will not destroy the good and the bad at the same place. It's not for God to do that. And then if we, if we rush off going very, very quick, look at 1 Kings 19. All right? Elijah was crying. We all know it. God always. Elijah was crying. 1 Kings 19, 18. Lord, they have destroyed everyone. And they have killed all your prophets. Yet... I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Can God say this about us? I'm just, please, can he say this about you and I? This were human beings. And then look at even, just let, let's forget about even Jeremiah. You see where he was crying. I looked down, I could not see an intercessor. And Jeremiah 5, 1 said, if I could see even one. I would have saved Jerusalem. But I looked and I didn't see any. But look at the remnant I'm talking about right now. In Christ's time. At a certain point, he was teaching about the truth of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And most, just about everyone that followed him couldn't stand it. And they left. And he said one thing that is a little touched. 
He said, would you, I, I want you to, to highlight two. Would you, you, that is you people, would you also leave? You too. Would you join them and go? Remember, I don't know if you have read the Bible, when you, you have read it. When you read the scripture, remember Caesar. He got the point where Caesar was so injured, about to die, and he ran to his friend. Just like God will look from heaven when he's trying to find out people who will stand for him. Who will stand in the gap between me? And he rushed to Brutus. And Brutus picked up his sword. He said, you know what? Caesar said, and you too. You see? And you too. In other words, of everything, there is no more hope. And you too. And sometimes God looks down from heaven and what is my child, my elected doing? And you too doing the same thing? The other people are doing. There's something that differentiates us and separates us from the things of this world, whether we like it or not. That's the lost and the aff what? affections of this world. And that's why if you look at Philippians 2.14, it says what? Keep yourself blameless. Because that's the only thing that separates you from the children of the, of the devil. Now, look at the 12. At a certain point, there was only one light in the world. And when the light went, 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 there were 12. Now imagine what would have happened if the 12 lights, the apostles, all their lights became darkness and quench. Think about the millions, even you and I, saying we are Christians. Because of 12 lights, people, the remnant that said, no way. We will live, we will die by the word and by the truth. And you see how elevated they are now? Sitting what? The same table with Christ to judge. Because they followed that which is the right thing, the truth. They live by it, they die by it. And now you and I are carried from there. Now there's not much time they left for us. I wanted to make sure we understand where we're going to be heading. Because unto these people, he said, I've given them one thing. The power to understand the mysteries of the word of God. That they may live it and benefit from it. And not only that, I've also given them the power to understand what it actually means to be born of me. So even though some of us have heard about born again, we're going to go through it one more time. Deeper. As the Lord has laid. Which will give us an opportunity to examine ourselves. All thoroughly one more time. The opportunity that God has given to us, are we really born of him? If God will look down from heaven, would he say, do you see my child? There's none like him. And that is the whole thing. That small group that is left by God, the elected, the predestined, the call of God, the reserve of God, the peculiar children of God, that day and night, they will leave the world and if possible, if necessary, die by the world. Because whoever dies by the world has not been dead. That's why he said, whoever will do whatever I tell him to do, he said he has passed from death unto life. Because there's no more death in that area. The person is free in all things. Now can actually the remnant of God awake and be counted from here? Can we? 
away. And be counted for here. May the Lord bless you and keep all of us as we continue next week. Glory be to his name. I thank all of you and I thank everyone in the internet. The Lord God will teach you and continue to teach you forever in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.